0: Immediately a man was nailed to the cross, he lost all his rights. And if you ever get nailed to the cross, you'll lose all yours too. In the morning when I rise,
1: in the morning we love ourselves when I so much, rise, and who are, we, who are we talking about now? Unbelievers? No. So-called believers who have never understood what it is to take up the cross and put self to death. See, because in the last days, there's going to be very little preaching about the cross and death to self-life. And so, when there's no preaching against death on death to self, self is going to flourish in the lives of many Christians. They won't even know that you cannot follow Jesus if you love yourself.
0: I don't ask people if they're saved anymore. Who isn't saved? From the White House to the Jail House. I'm asking you, does Christ live in you? Christianity is the only religion in the world where a man's God comes and lives inside of him. Thanks be to God that when I finally acknowledge that I can't do this, it's not possible for me to live the Christian life on my own. I'm not called to chart my own course. I'm not called to create my own destiny and ask God to bless it. I'm called to follow Him. I'm called to give up the rights to my life and walk with the Holy Savior. I'm called to let His mind be formed in me. His life become my life. His ways become my ways. His purpose become my purpose. His plan become my plan. And then the power of God will come upon me those that are picking your pocket in the name of Jesus run Give me Jesus. run from churches where Jesus, men and not Christ are glorified run you can have all this run from those who preach division between races and cultures run run from preachers that stand and tell stories and jokes run like you've never run before
2: good afternoons march 11th 2023 this is tom richardson with the removing confusion podcast You <laughs> and uh that was me pushing the wrong buttons again it is the day we turn our clocks ahead i guess or is it back i can never keep track spring ahead yep there we go it's not quite spring yet but we're we're close enough but uh another one of those pet peeves of mine, but I have a, I have bigger ones to fry today. Pet peeve wise is easy. believism. me and my buddy, Mike have been talking about it. my wife and I have been going back and forth in the, in the fact that there's so much that's being touted today. Um, uh, in the last, in the last month or so, we've had a, a a revival of sorts at a college in Kentucky. That's ended now. The uh, the dean decided to pull the plug. We need to get back to full time students and teaching. But it was a it was refreshing. Now some people have come out completely against it. They've they've labeled it with everything. I didn't dig that deep. Maybe there were some issues, but the thing of it is, is we'll people started thinking about Jesus again. People started saying, look at this move of God that's happening. Look at all that. Now, when man is involved in just about anything, we're going to be able to find something that doesn't quite measure up. And that's just one of those unfortunate things. We have denominationalism that has gone completely off the rails as far as I'm concerned. People are just, you know, if it's, if it's not ours, you're not going to make it. So what do we do with that? We just rejoice and say, well, you know, the Apostle Paul wrote this in Philippians chapter 1 and it starts at about verse number 14 15 some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife and some also of goodwill. the one preached Christ of uh, contention not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds but the other of love knowing that I uh, am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. So he's saying, he's saying that you know, we got one guy over here who, and this is, I, I was looking at a clip, Billy Graham with Larry King. It's, it doesn't paint Dr. Graham in a very pleasant way for those of us who hold to a, a harder line of Christianity, which basically says, you know, we need to be disciples, and we need to disciple people. We need to take them under our wings when they get saved and try to train them up in the way that they should go. It's not much to ask. It's what the Lord did with his 12 disciples. And that's a picture for us, really, is it not? You look at it and you say, well, that's what he did. And you'll have preachers that will tell you you don't need to do it. We're going to listen to another one here in just a bit. But, you know, Dr. Graham, like, like told Larry King, is, you know uh, when he when King was very pointed. You can find the video on YouTube and watch it if you want to. I thought about playing it, but you know I I really feel like it's been hit to death, and I don't want to go there. And I don't want to I don't want to be the guy who's oh look at him, he's just beating Billy Graham up. That's what he does with everybody. I, I honestly I don't do that very much anymore at all. If a guy is definitely off the reservation, as they say, then yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna open up the floodgates on them. But this one, you know, it's just Billy Graham was one of these. He preaches love, the love of God, and and the salvation of God, and and that's fine and dandy because God is love. It says that in in the first epistle of John. God is love. God is light, and we want to be in the light. But you also have to realize there are people that we can't just, if, if you want to be the evangelist of the, of the world, we can't just sit back and say, well, uh, the, Mor- the Mormons believe in Jesus, even if it's a completely different gospel. And Paul's, Paul also wrote and said, even if an angel of the Lord come and preach a different gospel, let them be accursed. And he added himself in as well. If I or we or an angel of God come and preach another gospel, let them be accursed. If you or I want to preach a different gospel, we will and should be accursed. Anathema is the, I think that's Latin. It might be Greek. But it's all Greek to me. Listen. There's no perfect way for man to interact with the, these things. He, oh, we always end up in a, in a broad spectrum making a mess of things. It's just our nature to mess things up, to cause a problem here or a problem there. I want to play, I haven't done much clip playing of late and i want to make sure i play the right one i i I queued this up the other day but i don't remember what button i put it under so if i mess this up just bear with me oh
3: and uh and the, the, the crazy this thing is, is this...
2: this is uh a guy i actually quite admire and like his name is joe schimmel and he's 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 going to give us the opening ideas behind the clip you're about to hear. And then I'm going to go off on my own tangent, but it's, it's rather disturbing this entire thing. There's a movie that just recently came out. I was was telling my buddy Mike about it. Uh, it's the Jesus movement or something like that. And you know, again, I'm not here to, uh, pour water all over somebody else's project, but it's a movie that, they they tried to sell this off to the uh, big-name Christian, um, uh, what do you call it, production company, and they just wouldn't do it. They wouldn't touch it for whatever reason. Either they didn't think it was marketable, or maybe I'd like to think they didn't think it was worthy of being put under a Christian banner. Uh, there's a lot of things about this movement that bother me. Um, now as a whole, I don't want to, again, it's, it's a newly sprung denomination from the sixties or seventies by Chuck Smith called Calvary Chapel. There are some excellent Calvary Chapels and there's some really good teachers out there in them. They're mostly pre-tribbers, which kind of throws me off because I'm not, uh, but they, uh, have a few other things I might not go along with, but here, We're going to listen to uh, one of their, one of his, back in the beginning. uh, Is a guy named Greg Laurie, but uh, we'll let Joe Schimmel set this
3: up for you. Oh, and uh, and the the, the crazy thing is, and this is what we're going to see in this clip, Chad, is you're going to see first you're going to see Greg Laurie correctly. Uh, saying that to be a disciple, you know, Jesus is first in your life. You know, got to love Jesus first more than everything else. That's true. You're going to hear him say that a, a disciple bears fruit. That's true. But the problem is, you're going to hear him say after that, that you don't really have to be a disciple. That's optional. Not every Christian is a disciple. Not every disciple is a Christian. And you can go on to be a disciple, but you don't have to. In other words, you don't really have to have fruit in your life and become a disciple and love Jesus first. Well, Jesus said that we would have no part of him uh, he, he, if we if we don't love him more than mother and father and sister and brother, Jesus says, Think not that I've come to the world in Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 36, uh, to to bring peace, but a sword and man's foes shall be they of his own household, and brother will be against daughter and mother against daughter law And he said that if we do not love him more than everybody else, we are not worthy of him. And to say that that's optional, is a travesty and that means there's a lot of people going to churches thinking that they're saved because they went up at some altar call and accepted a gift but are refusing to turn from being drunkards from being abusers from being hateful from being unforgiving and all these things and we're going to see this clip and the reason i'm letting you know a little bit about what this clip's about ahead of time is because you'll also see him at the end you wouldn't catch if you don't listen very well but after he says it's optional then he's going to say hey we want to say a prayer but he goes we're going to pray first to those who want to receive the gift of salvation." And then he says, and then for those who want to go on to be disciples, as though it's two different things. And that's really, really heartbreaking because that's going to leave a lot of people in their sins.
1: Number one, if you want to be his disciple, you must love Jesus more than anyone or anything else. You must love Jesus more than anyone or anything else. A disciple will bring forth spiritual fruit. Now, this is not here in Luke 14. This is in John 15, where Jesus says in John fifteen eight, by this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. If you are really a disciple of Jesus, you'll have fruit in your life. While it is true that not every Christian that makes a profession of faith is a Christian, it is equally true that not every Christian is a disciple. Write this down, every disciple is a Christian but not every Christian is necessarily a disciple. Think about that. Every disciple is a Christian. But not every Christian is necessarily a disciple. They're actually not interchangeable words. There's a distinction. And as I pointed out, all disciples are Christians, but not all Christians are necessarily disciples and I ask in closing do you have that hope right now that when you die you'll go to heaven God offers you a gift you say well how do I receive a gift well how do you receive any gift you reach out and you say thank you and you open it then I would like to pray and give you an opportunity to do that and then pray for all of you that want to be disciples
0: Now
2: makes it pretty simple when you listen to it You kind of wonder what, what is the, which, which salvation did I get? And let me tell you something. There's only one, there's no deviation clause in here. Uh, Now you can snatch out and say, well, what about the thief on the cross? Uh, That's usually an argument people use for baptism. You know, there's, Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Now the, the thief never had a chance to go and be baptized, so that proves that baptism is not essential. It's not, it's not completely necessary for you to make it to life's other side in heaven. Now, if you have the opportunity, you should be baptized if it's done correctly. John the Baptist baptized people into repentance. We talked about that a while back, I think. Uh, and I I even threw that out in a message in a church not too long ago, which I'm sure hit like a brick and fell flat on the floor. But that's okay. That's what the Bible says. People go off to college, and the college is usually denominational, and the college then opens up the top of a fresh young man's head and pours in all kinds of denominational malarkey and that's it you go back and you start you 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 get a job in a church or you start a church and it, and it's the denominational thing all the way through you don't have to study anymore you went through college and got a piece of paper that says you went to college i'm not knocking higher education i believe that it's necessary for some folks but i never took any i did a lot of online learning and i did a lot of learning with men that i really thought had a grasp of the bible and they taught the bible you you find someone who teaches the bible and you can go with it now what's what's problematic in that statement that we just listened to. It was Greg Laurie. And this guy has if you don't know who he is, he's he I think he jumped from Calvary Chapel to Southern Baptist. Uh and he does these massive crusades just like just like the the Grams do or did. And he would, you know, do the preaching. You know, sometimes not bad messages. You know, I'm not knocking messages, but when you get to the end and you say something like he said there and, and I think he actually said that from the pulpit of his church I'm not sure but what he said was you know hey you don't necessarily have to be a disciple to be a Christian you just need to get the free gift and then that's it and as uh, Joe Schimmel said at the beginning and he's spot on you leave people in their sins you leave people in their sins they don't understand the walk that is the Christian walk. You found your way to the straight gate. That's what I would hope that at the altar call. Now, first off, a lot of people put some real strong emphasis on a church, and in scare quotes, altar. It's usually a set of steps. It steps up to the platform where the pulpit's at. Uh, Some some may even have the kneeling benches that they used to have. It's very Catholic uh, or Presbyterian kind of a thing, but whatever. And they put such strong emphasis on that place that it's sacred. It can be sacred to a certain degree, but the good Lord can call you anywhere he wants. If you are listening, people have been saved on street corners. People have, I've I've said this before, people have been saved standing out in the woods next to a tree. God can make himself real to you without even a preacher. Now, uh, that's heresy to some, but usually that does take someone who has heard the gospel at one point or another. And then one day, some some life thing comes your way, some tragedy, some usually a tragedy, a death or whatever, and it shakes you to the core and you realize that God is there. You tried to fight off God. Maybe you ran from God as a youth, like some of us did. You knew better, but you did worse, right? Now, there's no easy way to say this i really do believe you should be a disciple after you've been saved you should be living a strong christian life looking you know and again that takes somebody to disciple you or for you to disciple another because it's it's that's that's the pattern of the bible the bible doesn't say Come to me. I want to go into your heart. Jesus would say, which I, it's not. That's not in the Bible, but you know, he would, he would present himself. It was public. He didn't hide behind a, a shroud somewhere, but he would present himself, present the gospel, and people would follow him. Today. The Gospels, the presentation of a a sermon is presented in 99.9% of these instances. And then it's the, just as I am, playing in the background, and the preacher is saying, come on, come on, come on, coercing people to the altar. And sometimes emotions get in the way, and your emotions are going to work with you. They always... Sometimes they work against you. And you you feel like this is it. I really do feel like there's something happening here that needs to happen. Now, what is wisdom when it comes to God, right? That is something else that comes along. The, The wisdom is the fear of God, is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 7. I've probably read this one before to you too. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. I'm sorry, not wisdom, knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. They don't want to hear anything past I came up front and I said the prayer. Now I'm going on my merry way. We have a lot of folks that really do believe they've made a confession of their faith for Christ or a profession of faith in Christ and nothing in their life changes. Such a thing as true and false repentance. There's such a thing and we're going to go through some of it here, called Walking with the Lord. What does that mean? How does that equate to my life? What does it say that I'm supposed to do? Now, look, I don't care what people say. Repentance, repentance is not a works-based gospel it is biblical truth to repent means to do a 180 you're going in one direction you turn around and go the other i was listening or watching actually my uh friend who went away to be with the lord bill Randalls i was watching one of his old videos about true and false repentance and he was he he said you know jesus said yeah your your sins are cast as far from east to the west he says you know if you start out if you start out walking east you're always going to go east it's infinity so when he's thrown your sins away he's he's taking them away from you throwing them to infinity because if you go east you're always going east you're always going to be going east never going to go west if you keep going now if you turn around that's repentance you go west right regardless that just kind of was a unique way of looking at it. You go north and south, you go so far, you know, you start out going south. When you hit the bottom, you start coming back up. You're going north. But if you're going around the world in the easterly direction, you're always going east or the other way. You're always going west. And why did I say, I don't know, but it just, it was a unique analogy of how far, God has decided your sins need to go from you. He's cast them that far to the to the furthest place of his his memory. And God is perfect. He doesn't forget things, but he forgets your sins. But he doesn't want you to live in them. He doesn't want you going back to them. Because that's the, the you know, 1st Peter the dog turning back to his vomit. Who wants to do that? Not me. Now, do we slip? This, you know, this isn't a sinless perfection thing. This is simply saying, hey, there's a better way. And it's it's repenting and it's it's confessing your sins. It, a lot of that isn't even talked about. Romans chapter 6, verse number 1, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? In other words, should we just keep sinning so that grace can get bigger for us? It can just take over all of our sin as we do it, and we keep doing it, and we keep doing it? Paul answered his own question and said, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein. Now, Romans chapter 6 has got that famous verse that everybody knows, for the wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Yes, it is. Hallelujah and amen. But that doesn't mean you have a license to keep going back to the same pig slop or the dog vomit. You're supposed to walk away from it. That's what I would do. If it was literally vomit, you know, you just walk away. You don't. You don't want anything to do with it. You clean it up, maybe. You don't eat it. That's what it says. I'm telling you, the Bible is very graphic at times. Now, what do we do then? We need to be discipled, folks. As as a new Christian, if you are, you need discipleship. You need someone who is older in the faith who really, and you know, the problem is it, it gets done to a certain degree, but it doesn't get done very well. Because a lot of people, they don't teach you to pray. They just say, you need to pray. You need to read your Bible. You know, a new believer, go to John, the book of John, gospel of John, and read it. And when you're done, go back and read it again. You'll learn more about Jesus right there. Then, then just, you know, you'll go hog wide. When, when you first get saved, you should be on fire for God. You should have that desire that every day to fill it with, with that hole that you had before is now filling with God. And you do that through prayer and Bible study. I say reading, but I like the word study much better. First John five four says, "Whosoever, or I'm sorry, for for whatsoever is born of God over, overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. We have overcome all the evil that's out there. Now it's still gonna get on us. We're still gonna do and say and think things that we should ought not. But God, John also tells us in, in in chapter one to confess your sins, and he is faithful to forgive you your sin. Right? But how do you how do you keep yourself in this? new life that you've gotten into or maybe you've been in it for a while and you're struggling as a lot of people do because they don't get hard nailed down no compromise gospel they get this watered down mess because you, know, you get these preachers that'll say i preach to the youngest person in the room if he's like 10 or whatever uh and and i'm like that's that's really not the way it's supposed to be We're supposed to preach to everybody, but really you want to preach to the person you know perhaps is youngest in God, youngest in Christ. There are babes in Christ. We don't want to feed them the meat of the world, but they have to grow. You know, start a Bible study where you can get them there and then start to, you know, if you had to do it one-on-one, it's fine. That's what... That's what church boards, deacons, and whatnot are supposed to be all about. can't lay it all on the pastor. There's a quote, and forgive me, I didn't put down who the quote was from, that says, If I have not God before me, I, c- I never can, with a natural mind, and in a world of evil, walk wisely. For God is the fountain of wisdom. Therefore, mere mere knowledge in itself is nothing that is it never leads a man to walk with God now you can you can read that Bible and you can study it and all that and sometimes men just get a head full of biblical knowledge they can quote it they can they can you know they they understand some and they throw it around like so many pieces of candy but they don't really have the knowledge of the holy, which is God. We need to wrap our minds around who God is, the the enormity of who God is, the enormity of what God is. I read that in the Bible about the enormity of God, how huge our God is. And then it struck me that he now lives within me. He has sent his Holy Spirit, which is God, It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, to live within us. This huge, over-encompassing, just unbelievable, hard-to-describe creator God, salvific God, loving God vengeful God when he needs be has sent that spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead to live within us. Now that's awesome. That's awesome. Let's look at this though. Knowing that, knowing that you have such a, such a powerful being, such a powerful creator, who's willing to take up residence in you. Know ye not that you are the temple of God? So take care of that temple. Put down that alcohol. Put down that that cigarette. Put down that pot. Stay away from that lustful lifestyle that detracts the flesh so much. Think before you speak. There's a lot of things there, isn't there? Let's look at this mess of a can of worms I opened up because I love it so much. Genesis 5.24, King James Version. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. When Enoch was translated, it says later, I think that's in the first book of Peter, it's he was gone they didn't find a body they didn't find his robe or his maybe they found his staff and most of those guys had a stick they carried around when they walked he was 365 years old and he was taken god just took him he walked with god there were very few people it seems at that point in time who did because he was near in the same position and the same time frame as another man named Noah, or as Jesus calls him in the New Testament, Noe. But Noah in Genesis 6, 9, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. God. When it says "perfect in his generations," that means it was unsullied by any kind of abominable bloodline. He, 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 he was he was what God was looking for, and he walked with God. Now you know I said this the other day in a Bible study we go to. Think about this: we have the entirety of the Scripture, all we need. Now there's. Other little bits and pieces out there that people go by, you know, and I've got a few of them laid about, uh, about like Enoch, the book of Enoch and Jasher and some other stuff. But I don't really quote those because they're not canon of scripture that we consider canon of scripture. Some people really go overboard and try to make them that way, but we're not going to go there. <clears throat> Noah didn't have a Bible. He was pre-Bible, but he walked with God. All they had for a Bible that was passed down from one to the next was the word, the the spoken word, and that came from Adam on down. Because Adam walked with God too, but then he messed up, didn't he? And I'm sure Noah, he always he wasn't perfect as far as in his he didn't have sinless perfection, but he was his bloodline was clean. It's what God was looking for. There was a lot of sullying of the bloodlines back then. But uh Noah walked with God. Now, if you start digging into the Bible, you'll find that after after genesis six nine you don't see that too much anymore where it says so and so walked with God the fact that they did is in the writing Moses you know Moses did some stuff that wasn't accountable Joseph of uh Genesis was very uh tuned in with God. These are men. Who all they had was that spoken word that people told them. There are people yet, yet today who've never opened a Bible, so all they have is this spoken word. And this spoken word, if it is biblical, has an effect if this if their ears are open to it. Ephesians four verse one. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech ye, or beseech you, that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Are you called? Were you called by God? Did God bless you with a calling to to Him? Did, Did you hear in your spirit, Come, it's time. I want you for my son, my daughter. Because once you become saved, once you have repented and come to, come to Christ, you are now a son or daughter of the living God. He has taken up residence with you, in you. Not going to beat a dead horse, but I, I find that to be extremely, extremely humbling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. That's Ephesians 4, verse 5. I toss that in there because there's so much of this going around where you can't be this unless you've been dipped here, or you can't be that, blah, blah, blah. You don't believe in the this doctrine that it is really has a lot of holes in it you know, the doctrines of the church should be very simple. The word of God, this Bible that lays here at my, at my left elbow, is the word of God. You have to have that faith. God is the creator of all things. There are a Godhead, three in one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, You know, and all those are the kinds of things in doctrine we have no, we cannot argue it. It's you know, you can't, you shouldn't. If you do, you got a problem. But a lot of other things get argued, and and a lot of other things get you get beat over the head like a club. Uh, Verse number seventeen, Ephesians four says, "This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye." Henceforth, walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, neither give place to the devil. <laughs> That's a good one, Ephesians 4, 27. But anyway, walk as other Gentiles walk. You're not, again, Gentile's a, a, a word that they used back then for non-Jews. Today we can kind of sl- slice that a little bit and say a Gentile is literally... A heathen, an unbeliever, one who has no qualms about speaking against Jesus Christ, who does not believe he is the Son of God, who does not, who tries to put someone in place of him. There is no one that can take the place of Jesus. He said, I am the way, the. Way, the, the yeah, okay, mess that out. There's one way, okay? Goodness gracious, Tom. Anyway, truth, the way, the way, the truth, and the life. You have to realize that there's only Jesus, not this one, that one, the other one, pray to this one. No, it's one and only Jesus Christ. So there is only one Lord. And that we walk, not as other Gentiles. You know, once you've decided to follow Jesus, there's a song out there, like, I have decided to follow Jesus. It's a very simple song, but a good song. Have you decided to? Or was were you just drugged down front and, and made to say a prayer? Were you coerced into it by the The preacher that keeps going back, come on, come on, come on, you know, you're the cover not. I believe you're saved before you leave your seat. Ephesians five two says, "And walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us, and sin, or, I'm sorry, an offering, and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor." And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. A a sweet-smelling smell. What does that mean? Walk in love. Christ is the ultimate example of love. We need to walk as he walked. We're going to get to that one in a minute. 1 Peter 2.21, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. I'm telling you, in, in the modern church today, when you start to talk this way, People are, especially elders, you know, they get upset. They don't want to hear about discipleship. They don't want to hear about walk as he walked. They don't want to hear. They, they just want us to, you know, throw the money in the plate and get out. That's a little cynical, but we we are... salvation's the only thing. After that, it's whatever you want to do because you're saved from your sins, past, present, and future. You are not called to live in your sins. Jesus did not die on a cross and go into a tomb and break forth with the keys of death, hell, and the grave in his hand so that we could just have our own party up here. That we could just go about life as it was before. We just said a prayer that covered us with everything. Paul Washer uh, has a lot to say about the mantra of that. It's what they've done. They've taken this, this wonderful thing we call salvation and turned it into this five seconds of talking, and it's done, and after that, you just go right on back to where you came from. Billy Graham actually said in a couple of places, you know, go back home, find a church and if you if you maybe you've been away from church for a while, get back to it, whether it's Protestant, Catholic or whatever. Please. Don't send people back to a a place where the word of God is not going to be spoken. At least not fluently and and done with with reverence. If you are listening to me today and you haven't been to church for a while, seek one out. If you have to go to several, read your Bible and get get acquainted with God. Get acquainted with with what He says. Ask these guys after you. Maybe you've never been in a place, and you ask him what What about what, what about where He says I need to walk as He walked?" First John two six. He that <laughs> he that saith he abideth in Him. Ought himself, also, also, so to walk, even as Jesus walked. It says he walked, but Jesus walked. We are called onto a path that has the footprints of Christ on it, and it's like you know the old westerns or whatever, where they'd walk in the, in the footsteps of the guy that so that would, or they'd walk backwards so they could hide from people. Just imagine that the the path you're on, the spiritual path that you're on, your feet are walking in the footsteps of Jesus. You're doing the things that he would be glorified by. That's our job. Salvation of others to the glory of God. That's two six. John, first John, two six. 1 John, two six. I'll read it again. He that saith he abideth in Him, Jesus, ought himself also to walk, even as He, Jesus, walked. Now that will get you just tarred and feathered in some places. First John one seven. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. But it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship or cleanseth from all sin. If you're in the light, You know, if you're walking in the darkness of this world, guess what? You know, you're not in the light, are you? You're in the dark. You've gone back to your old ways. Well, I'm saved from all sin, said for past, present, and future. Yeah, well, confess them once in a while because you know you're doing wrong. If you don't know you're doing wrong, if you feel like your life is fine and you can just go back and do whatever you want, you know, I'm going back to the bar. I'm going to go back and, and, you know, shack up. I'm going to go uh, smoke pot, take some LSD, have a trip so I can see Jesus. After I, you know, read the Bible while I'm tripping or whatever. You know, it just goes on and on. There's so many things. You know, there's people who say, well, I got a monkey on my back. Well, then you need to have the good Lord take that monkey away from you. You know it's wrong. If you know, if you know in your spirit that what you're doing is wrong, stop it. Don't let it happen. Quit it. Pornography, whatever. You know there, there's there's some people have said I don't know the statistics, but a huge statistical number of pastors and churches who have pornography on their computer. If you have that problem, turn the computer off, walk away, never turn it on again. I know it's a it's a great tool that uh I use quite often. Not to pornography, folks. The computer. Because it's it's it it it, it does simplify things for me. It makes it so that I can be more fluent when I'm sitting here in front of you. Now sometimes it's the Holy Spirit just grabs a hold of you and says, "Say this." quote this scripture, whatever. And I, I love that. But also is the Holy Spirit that will tell you, hey, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. If you, if you hear that, blessed are you. If you've gotten to the point where you don't hear those things anymore, you're in trouble. <laughs> That's all I can say. You're in trouble. Because we want... We want God communicating with us. We want God to open our, our minds, our hearts, and speak to us. Even if it's chastising to keep us on that straight and narrow, as we call it. Because that's where we want to be. Don't. we? If you don't, you got a problem. And you, you really don't want to have a problem, I'm telling you. You want to be straight with God. <clears throat> We're first John 3 and 3. And every man that hateth, I'm sorry, every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he, God or Jesus, whatever you want to say there, is pure that's Bible period that is the word of God we're we're not called out of this world we're not called out of the world just to plunge ourselves into garbage and sin no we are not we are called to a higher purpose. Peter wrote in, um, I think it's First Peter chapter 2, that he has called us out of the darkness into his marvelous light. He hasn't called us to just go do our own thing and, and have our own way. It's just not the way it works. It's not the way it's supposed to work. Now, I don't, I'm not trampling on salvation of anybody. You know, we're all in different stages of our walk with God. And we need to realize that, you know, when you're when you're a babe, you know that what they do is stick those little plastic things into light sockets so you don't get your finger in it. Sometimes that's what you need is somebody to say, hey, no, don't stick your finger in there. Don't grab a hold of the hot pot on the stove or stick your hand in the fire. It'll burn you. We need that as babes in Christ as well. When we start to stray, we need someone to unstray us and get us back on the path. I love the Bible. I love preaching and teaching. I always try to stay strictly in bounds, which is in the Bible. As a as a as a teacher, preacher, I'm held to a higher accounting of what I say. Now, if I say something that's incorrect, it happens. You know, I, mean, I I've never claimed to be perfect. And I never will, because I'm not. I make mistakes. I'm just like anybody else. Mm-hmm. But I also know that 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 calls for you know repentance. It calls for asking God to write my my course and to forgive me if I because the last thing I ever want to do is lead other people astray. I want you to see. What the Bible says about walking this path that we have chosen to walk. And it's a good place to be. We are in a world right now where economic problems are coming at us in in a flurry, wars and rumors of wars, and all the other things that Jesus warned us about in Matthew 24. It looks like the book of Revelation is opening up. The scrolls are starting to spew out right in front of us. We need to be walking with the Lord. We need to be holding on as close as we can, grabbing a hold, as I always say, grabbing a hold of the hem of his garment. Because we're in a place right now where, as the world goes and as our nation goes here in the United States, it's... We're in a place we've never seen. And we need Jesus to get us through. Pray now for the strength that you will need later. Don't wait till it all hits you. That was a stupid computer. Don't wait for that day. Get right now and get strong now. Pray for the strength, because you're going to need it. I'm going to need it. Till the next time, Tom Richardson with the Removing Confusion podcast, and hopefully I'll get back to you sooner than I did this time. You're a child of king. Let's
0: act like it. God love you. Bye.